Hello, folks. Welcome to the IoT Time podcast. I'm Ken Briota, Editorial Director for IoT Evolution. And here on IoT Time, I try to talk about all the things that I think are interesting, innovative, and hopefully important in the Internet of Things. We're going to get to our episode in just a moment. But first, a quick reminder. I'm sure this will surprise none of my regular listeners about the upcoming IoT Evolution Expo, IoT Evolution Expo 2021, which will uh, take place uh after the new year in 2021, and we are really looking forward to doing a live event. You can check out iotevolutionexpo.com for all the details on that. Uh, we will continue updating that uh, site at iotevolutionexpo.com, so you can check all that out. But the best thing to do is to get yourself registered now so that uh, you get to take advantage of the uh, the early bird rates that are available there at iotevolutionexpo.com. My guest today is... Todd Kraut Kramer, did I pronounce that correctly? Of Cradle Point. <laughs> you nailed it, Ken. Nice. Todd, thank you so much for joining me today. We're going to be talking a little bit about COVID, a little bit about how the pandemic is changing everything, and not always in the negative, I think. Uh, but first, before we get into that, tell me a little bit about yourself and about how you fit into the world of the IoT and some of the, maybe a couple of things that uh, Cradle Point's been working on that you're excited about. Sure, Ken. Thanks. Great to talk to you as always. Uh, my name is Todd Krautkrimmer. You nailed it, Ken. Few people do, so uh, you get a gold star today. Uh, I'm the Chief Marketing Officer at Cradle Point, and for folks that are not familiar with Cradle Point, uh, our our mission in life, uh, what we do to the tune of 22,000 customers around the world, is we unlock the power of today's modern 4G LTE and now 5G networks, so that businesses can take advantage of them. And take advantage, they do, uh, in a variety of use cases. But, Ken, I could really uh, put them in three categories. Mm -hmm. Branch, where we make uh, branch networks, whether they're wired or completely wireless, uh, more reliable, reach to places that branches don't normally reach very effectively, like small towns across America, where, frankly, wireless is the best broadband going. And, of course, make networks much more reliable. Just about every brand you run into, and I suspect our audience has run into brands that use CradlePoint, uh, on the ready, the moment that they may have a failure in their wired broadband connection, we instantly step in with an LTE connection to make sure that that business uh, continues without disruption, whether it's places you go to get a coffee or where you get your breakfast sandwich mm-hmm. or where you shop. Uh, I could go on and on, but 75% of the world's largest brands use CradlePoint for that reason. Mobile. So in uh, hopefully none of you have been pulled over this morning, but if you were, <laughs> chances are there was a CradlePoint router connected to an LT network in that patrol car, uh, in the highway patrol, fire departments, emergency services. And of course, we're going to talk about the role we're playing in COVID. But anywhere where mobile assets need to always be connected, CradlePoint can be found. And the third area, which is very relevant to today's conversation, is IoT. Yeah. And uh, whether it's in smart cities, whether it's uh, in oil refineries or large plants, whether it's part of uh, modern-day surveillance, whether it's part of uh, commerce in the fact that many organizations now are, are reaching customers in unique and usual and mechanized ways that require constant connectivity, Cradle Point is there. So I'm really looking forward to today's conversation about COVID because I think despite all the doom and gloom that I don't need to tell people about, there's some really exciting stories where technology is making a difference. And I'm pleased to, to share them with you today. 
Yeah, um, I, I think that I would uh, argue that pretty much all the examples you said were IoT, but uh, that maybe shows a little bit of my bias that basically everything is IoT. Um, <laughs> uh, but let's talk about uh, the last uh, 27 years since March, um, where uh, we've all learned that time doesn't exist and uh, uh, space is meaningless. And we live under the uh, auspices of COVID-19 now. Um, uh, my hyperbole and, and joking aside, it has been uh, a huge adjustment for a lot of companies and enterprises out there, certainly a lot of individual citizens. And uh, a lot of the businesses in the IoT space have been making adjustments themselves, but also using IoT technology to ease that adjustment for uh, for a lot of uh, institutions and, and companies out there. And, and I know that you guys have been elbow deep in, in making some of that work. So I'd love to hear what, what some of the things that you've been seeing out there are. Yeah, certainly. I mean, we can, we can start by talking at kind of the, uh, the, the peak uh, of the pandemic. And hopefully that is a past tense, not a future tense, but we all remember when we were setting up uh, tents and triage centers in city parks, in convention centers, in parking lots. Uh, yeah, imagine yeah. for a moment um, the way doctors respond and treat patients is very, very dependent on technology. And that technology is completely dependent on networks. And what they needed to perform their, their mission in these new ad hoc sites was a network and Cradle Point was shipping thousands upon thousands of our uh, LT enabled uh, reliable routers to these sites literally overnight, which is a capability we have from our factory, drop shipping them to convention centers, parking lots, parks all around the country, indeed even around the world, where you don't have an IT staff on the ground that's right. setting up this infrastructure. It's literally volunteers, it's nurses, it's doctors, it's people that are helping with the, the emergency, take the, the router out of the box, plug it into some power outlet, and it needs to come up and establish a network instantaneously. And that's exactly what we do uh, because we're able to actually insert the SIM right at the factory. It's literally lit up while that, that router is in flight to the East Coast, for example. Mm -hmm. When it hits the ground, the IT group has already gone into NetCloud Manager where the device is registered and already put a configuration in place. So the moment it's turned on, it gets an LT connection. It connects to our NetCloud Manager platform. It gets this configuration. It's up. It's running. It's connecting all the devices at that ad hoc site. And away they go, supporting uh, the mission and helping uh, helping patients. And that story repeated itself, whether if the docks of Oakland, we all remember the cruise ships. Oh yeah. Uh, Cradle Point was there uh, in those ad hoc facilities that offboarded the patients from the cruise ships. Uh, at Fort Benning in Georgia, they set up a 34 acres of temporary quarantine tents where a lot of patients were sent uh, coming off cruise ships and from other environments and coming in from airports. Um, you know, we'll talk a lot of sure about our school and, and remote learning, but, but those are just some examples where Cradle Point was there and, and they were leveraging wireless networking to build these ad hoc networks and deliver uh, the much needed care. 
Sure. And before we sort of change gears and look at some of the other use cases, I'm, I'm interested in what some of the challenges you faced are, because a lot of times with ad hoc network and, and sort of emergency services, you got a, a bandwidth problem uh, because there's a lot of stuff trying to connect all at once. They're all looking for their slice of, of the download or in this case, probably more often upload. Uh, I assume that there's a lot of sharing to the cloud and trying to coordinate uh, contact tracing, things like that. Um, so I'm curious about what some of the challenges that you guys faced uh, or are facing and have been facing uh, in all of this and whether or not those challenges are sort of universal in terms of uh, the remote work situation, the remote yeah. schooling and that kind of thing. 100%. No, it's a great point. And, and we live in interesting times for sure. And, and we all know the dark side of that story. But the bright side of the story is this, this pandemic could not have happened at a better time because the world's LTE infrastructure is so incredibly robust. These are networks that are on LTE Advanced and LTE Advanced Pro, uh, well on their way to 5G and already starting to play 5G. So what does that mean relative to the things you mentioned, Ken? Well, first of all, uh, if anybody were to download speedtest.net onto their phone, you would be amazed at the performance of today's LTE advanced networks. We see it every single day. These are networks that can deliver 50, 100, 150 megabits per second on the download and on the upload can deliver 20, 30, 50 megs. Uh, it's, it's a lot of times asynchronous, as you suggest, Ken, but mm -hmm. by no means skimpy. Well, no. I mean, that's as good as I get with my with my wireline into my house, really. <laughs> yeah. So, but but again, we think of our experience from a phone standpoint. Cradle Point's very different because we have antennas on the outside of our platform that are really tuned by our antenna manufacturers to get an optimal signal experience in ways a cell phone can't. Because let's face it, that's optimized for battery life. We're not. We're optimized for signal quality. So right out of the gate, the quality of the signal we're going to get is dramatically better. But for those environments that are really concerned about throughput, you can have two concurrent modems active at the same time to two different carriers, if you will. Let's just say for the sake of argument, Verizon, AT&T, both have very advanced high-performance networks. And with our SD-WAN functionality built into the router, we can actually combine that bandwidth or we can segregate it by use case to say all your Zoom conversations go on vendor A and all your mission critical healthcare traffic goes on, on, mm -hmm. on carrier B. There's a lot of ways in which they can optimize this environment. And now you're starting to get, you know, potentially even a gigabit worth of, of throughput. Yeah. Uh, certainly hundreds of megabits of throughput available to these remote sites. I'm going to miss, uh, well, I already miss my multi-carrier uh, functionality on my phone. Uh, I, the, my provider was a multi-carrier provider, and uh, there was a merger recently. You may have heard about it. It was a pretty big one. And uh, they merged yeah. my, the two providers that I, that I was splitting <laughs> between. And I was like, come on, guys. I had this advantage. <laughs> um, but uh, with all that information, I'm sure you've already guessed who my provider is. But for those yes. of you out there, bonus points, if you can send me in a message who my provider is. Uh, I'm very happy with them generally, but I'm not going to endorse them because they don't sponsor me. Sponsor me and then I'll endorse you. Um, <laughs> uh, you said something interesting there, uh, sort of in passing, that I've never heard anyone say before, in that you guys are not optimizing for battery life. You're optimizing for network uh, strength and fidelity. Is that because 100%. generally you're... 
uh, connected to hardline power or? Not always, but we're connected to reliable, almost inexhaustible power. So I say not always because in a vehicle, of course, we're connected to the battery, the, the ignition system. The, the, so the you never install... Power. So you never install in an early 2000s Jagger Ford. Okay, understood. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, nope. And of course, many of the systems were installed in police cars, fire trucks. They have very robust uh, electrical systems because they have to support a tremendous amount of of assets. But having said all of that, we do have models such as the IBR 900 that gets used in in a lot of ruggedized IoT environments that can run off a battery. Mm -hmm. And if you look at... uh, you know, a lot of the emergencies, unfortunately, we're seeing one potentially in the making on the Gulf Coast, mm-hmm. but Cradle Point is always there and Hurricane Harvey and all these major disasters because uh, emergency responders and, and all sorts of uh, caregiving organizations and even service providers like banks and insurance companies roll in and chances are Cradle Point's in those environments and sometimes they have to run on battery. Yeah. Um, but but these generally are not a, a little lithium-ion battery in the back of our phone that is optimized. Well, right. for size. These are pretty robust. <laughs> yeah, you're talking so you're talking afford- car battery type voltages and amp- exactly amps right. and stuff. Yeah. So we can afford to optimize for performance instead of optimize for battery life. Right. Um, so I do want to change gears a little bit here because we've talked a bunch about emergency services and and I know that you guys are helping with remote schooling and remote work and. Uh, and with similar tools, I expect, because there's a lot of crossover in what you need there, I, yeah. I would expect. What I'm interested in is a lot of people are saying that one of the most long-lasting uh, impacts of the COVID uh, period is going to be the shift into much more remote work as regular operating procedure for companies and and, uh, whether or not that's going to end up being true or universal or whatever, I think it's going to be partially true. Many companies I think are realizing that they don't need the brick and mortar infrastructure and it is much more efficient for them to provide good home office infrastructure and save a lot of infrastructure cost. But that obviously requires a lot of network support and a lot of uh, uh, moving pieces. And I'm curious about, what you've seen, what you think about that. And the other impact is what's going to happen to all those office buildings that are going to have to start having other uses. I mean, that's sort of beyond the scope of what we're going to talk about, but I'd love to hear your opinion there because personally I'm in favor of just giving them away to the homeless and solving that problem at the same time, but I'm like a crazy person. So nobody agrees with me on these things. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, the, the pendulum does swing back and forth, but I think uh, the distance that it swings is narrowing. And, you know, we've heard anything, depending on if you talk to McKinsey or who, anything from from after this is all said and done, the permanence of work from home will be anywhere from 30 to 60 percent of the workforce. Yeah. But but I think we can all agree it's going to be material and it's going to be a new burden on behalf of corporate IT to support this new environment. I say burden because they are not today budgeted. They're not equipped. It's not part of their design structure to really serve mission critical employees at home. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it wasn't that been, long ago. We've all lived through this. Yeah. I mean, how crappy is your VPN connection been? It's always been oh, a yeah. second class citizen that has to live on the road or live at home, work from home. 
yeah. and they really don't get the kind of network they get at the office. But that's got to change. I mean, it's not program. that long ago that we were all freaking about a freaking out about bringing BYOD into the workplace. Talk about the the exponential increase of that worry now for the IT departments who've got to figure out security. BYOH, bring yeah. it home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a huge challenge that that is basically a challenge, I would say, that's solvable by funding properly and making sure you're staffed up because the, the people in IT know what to do. They have the tools available, I think, uh, they're ready for the challenge. They just don't have the resources. Would you say the same? Well, yes, yes, but I would, I would call out this. Uh, so you have an IT organization building an office network. Would we if, see it acceptable for them to say, oh, the office building has Wi-Fi. Let's just hop on that Wi-Fi and use that as our corporate network. That's a good idea. But yet that's exactly <laughs> what's happening in a lot of these home networks, Right. Its customers are hopping on their, their home network. Mine has 20 IoT devices and counting. Oh, it's yeah. It's growing almost every week, much to the chagrin of my wife. But <laughs> all those devices are on my network. My wife's on my network doing her work and streaming all the time. Yep. Is it a good idea for me and CradlePoint to be on that same network? We don't think so. We think to really support this, this new work-from-home paradigm, which, which is going to be part of corporate networks, is what's needed is a separate infrastructure going into the home. In our case, we believe, as you would expect, there should be no surprise to anyone based <laughs> on our conversation today, that that, that infrastructure should be LTE because it could be instantly spun up. It's absolutely right. performant. It's everywhere I want to go. And it doesn't there require it doesn't require its it doesn't require a fiber drop. Like that that's the it only doesn't other require fiber drop. Yeah. You don't have to have a Comcast person come to your house and drill through your walls to pull another run. Yep. I mean, it literally is drop it in and myself can plug it in the wall. It comes up, it gets its configurations operational, no IT helpers required. But most importantly, not only is my WAN link dedicated and segregated and under the control of corporate IT, mm-hmm. most importantly, yep. but I have a separate Wi-Fi now that's actually the same SSID as my office, the same everything because... It's, it's part of my Active Directory domain, which is still relevant in most environments today. Yep. So only my PC will work on that Wi-Fi, and it works instantly. Yep. And all of the parameters around security and control and quality of service and where that traffic gets hauled to and whether I go directly to the Internet, whether I go back to corporate, all of those policy decisions, which are part of corporate IT security architectures, are implemented on my device. Mm-hmm. So I'm really now an extension of the corporate network. You're but basically home, in the closed and network, yeah. And it's secure. Yeah. That's right. So when I go to, on vacation, as I just did, I'll have to segue here for a moment. I just rented an RV, tired of looking at the four walls of my home. I drove across the country to see my kids, my wife and I did. And in that RV was my home cradle point router. So I brought my network with me, traveled across the country and back. And I'll have you know, there was only yep. one spot in Nevada where I could not get a signal for about 100 miles. <laughs> and as soon as you but got I out of it, you were on the phone. The rest of the way. You were on the I, phone I immediately. I was on the phone. I was, my wife was online. So it's portable. I go on vacation or you have an executive that goes to their second home. They take their network with, you, with them and they always have an enterprise class infrastructure at their disposal. That's a different way of thinking. But now once you think about it that way, it makes total sense. It definitely does. And um, 
Unfortunately, God, there's so much in this that we should that we need to talk about, but we're running out of time. So we're going to wrap it up. Where can folks find out more about what you're working on at Cradle Point and uh, to follow you out on the social medias and whatnot? Of course, you can find us at CradlePoint.com. If you're interested in understanding specifics about our subject today, which is COVID-19, it's CradlePoint.com, COVID-19-response. And we've kind of collected all of our stories and all of our solutions uh, right there. You can reach us at cradlepoint.com and your social media of choice, at sign cradlepoint, uh, I should say. And uh, I'm at Todd Kraut, T-O-D-D-K-R-A-U-T, on Twitter and uh, other social media platforms. Uh, the least uh, popular Twitter handle from 1943, but very popular now. Um, <laughs> I think you folks out there know you can find me on Twitter at Ken Briota or at IoT Evolution. Please visit IoTEvolutionWorld.com for all the fits news to print in the IoT. Uh, make sure you check out IoTEvolutionExpo.com to keep up to date on news and announcements and uh, all the stuff that we will have going on at the show, and of course, to get yourself registered as an early bird attendee or uh, as a sponsor or exhibitor, uh, if that is within your marketing plans for 2021. And I certainly hope it is. Uh, 2021 is going to be a big year, I feel like, even though 2020 hasn't been a bad year for the IoT. If you want to uh, help out IoT Time, the podcast, make sure you like, subscribe, rate, review, do all the things that you do on your favorite podcasting platforms. And if you want to join the IoT Time family, shoot me an email. It's in the show notes and we can talk about various sponsorship opportunities. I think that's all the plugging that I have to do for now. Todd, thank you so much for being my guest and filling us in on some of the cool stuff that you guys have been working on. Thanks, Ken. Enjoyed it. Pleasure's been entirely mine and as always, my listeners. Folks out there, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate having you join us. Make sure you're washing your hands, put on a mask, take care of each other, and have a great day. Because that is all the IoT time we have left.